Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm real excited about today's show. I'll be joined by Andrew Foxwell, and we'll explore Facebook analytics, what it is, how it differs from Google Analytics, and what marketers need to know. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Come straight to my inbox. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool that lets you essentially do Photoshop on your, you know, touching up your selfies on your mobile device. Tell me more. It's called it's called Facetune 2, and essentially it's a selfie editor as well as a camera. You can take your own shots with this, but what it can do is it can, you know, whiten your teeth or edit or make your, you know, your eye color pop a little bit. Huh. Uh, you can remove blemishes. So say, you know, man, that's a perfect selfie, but I've got that pimple right there. You can just remove it huh. <laughs> with this. Very interesting. So, so this sounds like a mobile app or, or no? It is a mobile app. There is a, the Facetune 2 version has a number of tools in it and in, a lot of them end up being uh, in-app purchases. So it is a free app to start with. It is on iOS and Android, and there's a, a legacy version that's out there as well, an older one, and that one's free as well. So depending upon you know trying them out, which one you, you want to go for, there's, there's a lot of the, – the, the, the main difference between the old one and the new one is that the old one has a certain amount of features and then it's done and it's legacy. But this new one they're adding new features to all the time, and it has a lot more features in it to begin with that are free. Now, this isn't one of those apps that can make your face look like it's looking in a different direction or anything like that, is it, or is it? No, 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 no. It's not going to do like heavy, extensive changes. It's more just, you know, the difference between like if you're looking at a magazine and you're like, oh, that was a really good photo to start with, but then then they, you know, essentially airbrushed and touch it up. Yes. And if you think of it in that kind of a perspective, that's what this app is especially good for, especially with selfies. And I would imagine it's, uh, it'll just take a picture off of your camera and just kind of spruce it up. Is that right? Or do you have to use the app to take the picture? No, but you can. So yeah, you can upload your own photo if you already have one, or again, you can use the camera, the built-in camera in this app to take a new selfie or new photo if you want to. Awesome. And it's face tune, T-U-N-E. Um, well, actually, I'm on their website, facetuneapp.com, but I would imagine yes. you can find this in whatever app store. 
correct? Yeah. Yes. If you look for Facetune or Facetune 2, you'll find it in the respective app stores for it. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Andrew Foxwell. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Andrew Foxwell. If you don't know who Andrew is, he is a Facebook ads expert who runs Foxwell Digital, an agency for direct response e-commerce brands. He's also built and run numerous trainings for John Loomer, and he also co-hosts the e-commerce influence podcast. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Oh, thanks so much. I'm so glad to be here. So today, Andrew and I are going to explore Facebook analytics and what it can do for marketers. So before we get into the whole Facebook analytics stuff, Andrew, I'd love to hear your story. How did you get into Facebook advertising and ultimately Facebook analytics? Feel free to go wherever you want to go. Absolutely. So yeah, I actually was a Windows Server engineer uh, out of college and realized that that wasn't for me. And so I went to volunteer in a congressional campaign and the guy who was running for Congress said, do you know anything about Facebook? or Twitter. And I said, totally. <laughs> what year was this? <laughs> this is in 2008. Wow. And I said, and I said, sure, I know, I know all about it. Um, which was maybe 55% true. Uh, and so I started working on his website and doing other things, uh, went to DC with him. He won his election and I was doing press and new media was what I was doing. So I was a, a press guy. And then I was helping on this new media, the website, the Facebook page, um, and Twitter and things like that. Uh, and so that was a, a, a kind of how we got into it initially. Uh, then worked within the confines of Congress uh, to kind of help change the rules for members of Congress so that they could use uh, their official funds to advertise on social media, oh. uh, which was a brand new thing. So up until that point, members could only send you a glossy mail piece. Uh, and so we said, hey, you put a Facebook page out there that you could put an ad out that said, like my page to learn more about my economic policy or something. Um, and uh, so that's how I got into it, Worked with, ended up working with members of Congress through another company, uh, and then went to be the director of social uh, at 3Q Digital in San Francisco. Uh, so that's where I worked with brands like GoPro and Fitbit and Eventbrite and Square. What were you doing for some of those brands? So it was the early days of paid social. So 2013, uh, I remember sitting in my desk and I remember I was, my, my wife had, 
uh, come to California and I was like, oh, how cool is this? You know, I have a job in California. We were living in Chicago and she flew out and I was on the Marin County bus going up to wine country. I'd never been to wine country. I thought, this is cool. I can work in California and go up there for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was on the bus and I was, they, I got an email that said, you can put ads in the Facebook newsfeed now. <laughs> so, so I was using the bus Wi-Fi. To oh, because it was all, it was all on the right rail prior to that, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. To launch dark post ads. Huh. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, so it was really an interesting experience and, um, you know, I've really seen the full arc, I feel like, of, of Facebook advertising, of how it's fully developed, how it's changed, how it's become so much better and uh, so much more effective for advertisers. Uh, and now we're in the age of transparency with Facebook advertising, which is fantastic. And and uh, so, yeah, it's 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 been great. And we've been now with Foxwell Digital, you know, we just work with people and guide them and help them understand uh, what how to build this social direct response program and how to make sure it's profitable and lucrative for them. Very cool. So you've been at this for a very long time. Yeah. I, it's funny. You're you one know, of like I'm the like original 30, gangsters when it comes I'm to this 30, stuff. I'm 33, but I'm definitely like a grandfather in the industry. <laughs> that is totally cool. I, and how'd you get into Facebook uh, analytics? So in Facebook analytics, uh, you know, I was basically clicking around in the product. And one of the things that I think, um, you know, for those of us that really do Facebook advertising a lot, uh, you stuff pops up, right? And you, and you kind of remain curious. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I get paid from brands and companies to stay on top of stuff. So, uh, I'm always learning if there's something new and, and I saw that and I thought, this is really interesting. So I started to play with it and mess around with it for a month. And, uh, and I called John Loomer and I was like, bro, we got to do a program on this like <laughs> right away because this is insane. This is so interesting. Um, and uh, so that was in the fall of last year. And uh, and he and I built that program out and it uh, ran first in December um, of last year. And, uh, and, and from there, you know, the product has developed and we've started to, uh, you know, talk and, and kind of converse, I'll say, with the internal Facebook analytics team actually at Facebook working with them and and so uh, it's a product that they're developing, they're working on. They have uh, teams in California and in Seattle working on it. Uh, and I just, I think it's interesting because it starts to connect a lot of dots for people right. that we didn't know you could uh, before this. Inter- yeah, very, very interesting. So what I'd like to do, I know many people listening right now are probably familiar with the insights that Facebook gives pages. And um, I think... Um, it'd be useful for you to talk about what is Facebook analytics and, and maybe how does it compare or how is it different than the basic insights you get from Facebook? And then also how does it compare to Google analytics? Because I can't not notice the fact that they called it kind of the same product, right? Facebook analytics, Google analytics. So talk to me a little bit, cause I know you know it really well. So, you know, define what it is first at a high level and maybe how it differs from some of the other things that are out there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Facebook Analytics at its core is a tool from Facebook that is allowing you or they hope that it allows you to see how your Facebook properties connect. So really what this means is how things like your Facebook page and your Facebook pixel connect and how those audiences overlap and also how people interact with your website. Um, And so because of it being the Facebook pixel is a big core of it. Uh, you get an idea of how people travel through your site, um, how they interact with uh, different 
parts of your events. So Facebook Pixel has the purchase event, has the lead event, has other events that you can customize, and you get an idea of how those interact. Um, so that's really uh, the core of, of what it is. And, and, and even at a more basic level, Facebook Analytics lives within the Facebook Ads Manager. Uh, so if you're in the Ads Manager, you can click in the upper left-hand corner where you get to the other navigation uh, or in the Business Manager. And it's usually um, under the top section under Manage, uh, looking at insights, and you're able to click into the analytics function there uh, under measurement and insights. And from there, then, you're able to go in and, and start to build out graphs, et cetera, and things like that. Now, how it differs from your page insights, your page insights are clearly around a, a lot of what I would say customer service, right? So your customer service stuff is one part on insights where you're able to respond to people that way. And then other times it's looking at your reach numbers, it's looking at how a certain post performed. And those are very micro level uh, statistics as it relates to a lot of your page data. Um, what Facebook analytics does is it actually doesn't it, you can kind of uh, through some ways look at specific post data uh, but what it allows you to do is look at these things kind of together as an aggregate so for example how many of you know how many people have let's say commented on a post and they and then later became a page view and then later became an initiate checkout and then a purchase that's a, something that facebook analytics allows you to do you can actually see the interactions between those two galaxies so that's a really big difference uh, versus looking at your facebook page as a standalone and looking at your facebook pixel and your website as a standalone um, so that's kind of how they work now to answer your third question around Google Analytics and how it differs in that way. Google Analytics is a, you know, at this point, much more comprehensive tool um, of that they're, you know, that offers marketers things that you can look at. Uh, and it's Facebook Analytics is at this point a, uh, it allows you to see interactions between data. It allows you to see interactions between events um, versus on Google Analytics, you know, you're really able to deep dive into specific pages and things like that. You can do that on Facebook analytics. You can look at UTM parameters and things, and we'll, we can talk more about that um, on Facebook analytics. Um, but really what that Facebook analytics does now and what the core of that tool is trying to do is help you to see what are opportunities uh, that are right in front of you that you maybe didn't know were happening. Um, for example, you're really doing well with women 35 to 44, and they're checking out 11% more than men of the same age or something, right? So there are some automated insights you get as well from Facebook Analytics that you don't necessarily get from Google Analytics. Um, so there's kind of benefits to each, but both of them together right now, I think they work really well in tandem. Yeah, and um, before, I, well, I'm going to ask you this next question, which is how do we get started? Before you answer it, I do want to tell people that I have only recently started fiddling around with Facebook analytics and I am an analytics geek, especially when it comes to Google analytics and Facebook insights. And I will tell you that there is some serious data inside of Facebook analytics. It's just a different kind of paradigm. You have to kind of understand how it works and we're going to get into later what it can do, but let's start with like the assumption that most people listening right now don't even know where to find it. So I know you mentioned earlier, um, a place to find it. But I also think is analytics.facebook.com is another shortcut. Um, so I'd imagine, you know, assuming we're there, 
what's the next, what, what else do we need to know to get underway with Facebook analytics? Yeah. So the next thing that you can do is create an event source group, it's called. And what an event source group does is, or an ESG for short is what they call it. What that does is it allows you to pull together all of these different disparate properties that you have. So an example of this would be, let's say, a chatbot. Let's say it's a an app that you have, a mobile app. Let's say that it's your website or your pixel or your page. Okay. So uh, a lot of people, right, the two things that we have primarily are I have my Facebook page and I have my Facebook pixel. So at a minimum, connecting those two things via your event source group are the first thing that you can do. Uh, from there, you actually then get to name the event source group. Uh, and that is so anytime you go back into Facebook analytics, you're able to type in the name of that event source group or ESG, and then you can... From there, uh, it'll pull up the real-time information uh, from that specific event source group of what's taking place. Uh, so that's the easiest way to get started. Now, if if you're still if you're like you know I don't want to do an event source group, Andrew, I don't know, I don't know what that does. That's totally fine. The next thing, the the, the minimum thing that you can do is you can go into analytics.facebook.com, as you said. And you can say, I don't want to create an event source group right now. And you can just actually select your pixel. And the pixel starts to give you a lot of interesting data um, as well. And that's a great place to start from. Okay, so just to be clear, the event source group is a combination of the pixel, which is coming, which is the data that's on your website, right? And mm -hmm. your Facebook page, you have to pick one of them, right? Or can you pick all of them? How does that work? Yeah, so you can, you can, it's a, it's an and equation. So it's able, you know, you're able to say if you have, let's say, a messenger, you, uh, you know, you're able to, you know, that's activated. You say, all right, I want to choose my messenger bot. I want to choose my page and I want to choose specifically um, my pixel. And it'll start to show all of those things in tandem um, as you know, in aggregate data, basically on the dashboard. Um, and you're able to pull each of those things out more specifically of how they interact with one another using different tools with Facebook analytics, but it's an and equation. So you can pull all of those things in. Okay. Um, for the Google analytics geeks out there, um, what's the advantage to having the Facebook page tied with the pixel? How is that data kind of intertwined? Yeah. I mean, to me, the biggest thing, so let, let's just break this down actually at a more, at a higher level. At a higher level, I don't know how you guys feel listening to this. I've always felt doing social media, I mean, before the days of paid social media, um, you know, there were people that did organic social that posted and it was always good and clients felt good about it, but it wasn't something that had a hardcore ROI as much, right? Like people could see comments and things on it, but you never really knew how it tied to your website traffic. And so for me, that's the major value proposition of this is that you're able to pull out the Facebook page and show, okay, this person commented on it, something or, you know, engaged with a piece of content and then became an initiate checkout. And I've looked at this for certain clients and that number is like 10 to 15%. Well, if 10% of all of my engagers become somebody that's adding something to cart or initiating a checkout, that's incredible. Like that's a huge ROI that you're able to screenshot or you're able to add to a dashboard that you can send to your client, which is a feature Facebook analytics has, and you're able to prove your worth even more, which is really, really, really incredible. And the more 
they're more they're building a lot more features around this too so you know eventually i think you'll be able to say like hey people watch a certain percentage of a video or something like that mm. we're not 100 percent there on it um but you know there's a post that after the after this came out or after we did this training you know john loomer did a post about it comparing basically the types of reactions that he had on his Facebook page and how they converted. So, okay, so if a person loved a post, it was 30% more likely or something. I'm, I'm using hypothetical numbers here, but it was like right. 30% more likely that they were that were they were going to become a lead. <laughs> so, you know, it's that's kind of interesting. It's like nobody really knows what the meaning is of this other than you're getting a lot of good engagement. Huh. So that's the value prop of like, really showing the value of your page for the first time, I think, in many ways. And I would imagine when you assign your page, your ad account data comes in as well. Is that correct? It's It actually does not. Your ad account data does not directly come in. The ad account data will show under the pixel, right? So it'll show certain numbers under the data. So if you're sending, obviously, a lot of traffic through Got the it. pixel, it'll show there. And, you know, your your initiate checkout and purchase and add to cart and page view, those are fueled by your ads. But at this point, your ad account cannot be pulled in. Um, but that's something that I, I can, I've got to think there's, there's going to be a path for that, right? Because the ultimate thing that would be cool, just blue sky thinking here, is if you could go in and say, well, a 1% lookalike of my best customers is the, is the reason, you know, this is how they came through the funnel. They did this, then they did this, and then they did this. Um, and we can kind of see that with some of the funneling tools that we have with Facebook Analytics, which we can talk about in a minute, but we can't see that direct correlation right now. So right now it's mostly just looking at the pixel as an aggregate of looking at all your website data, not just those coming from your ads. Cool. So... At this point, let's just assume that uh, if you're listening along and you're not on the road, uh, maybe you could just go to analytics.facebook.com and set up this, what did you call it? Event group? What did you call it again, Andrew? It, the event source group, yep. the ESG. Yeah, the ESG. Okay, so once that's set up, data starts pouring in pretty quick here, and then there's stuff that you can do inside of Facebook Analytics. And why don't you break down some of the, some of the more interesting things that people can mess around with inside of Analytics? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing that you can do within analytics that I that every time I look at it with a client kind of blows people's minds is you can look basically at the overview dashboard. And the overview dashboard is something that it'll pull in automatically. Um, and you're able to start to look at all sorts of data. You're able to start to look at things like, um, you know, understanding. Let me just say, actually, before I get into the deeper parts, the first thing you're able to see is some actually like AI data that Facebook is analyzing and saying, okay, looking at your specific type of, you know, uh, the, the numbers on your website, you're able to compare, uh, different things that it'll show you. So for example, the number of unique users, the number of new users, um, what your retention looks like, how many people are coming back, what percentage of people are coming back to your site. Um, then it shows you active users over the last uh, 24 hours. Uh, it shows you kind of what your best traffic sources are, what your best landing pages are, um, user activity of what's happening. Um, and so, you know, this is what it pulls out automatically, which to me is, it's just, it, it, frankly, it's insane. <laughs> like the, yeah, the amount of things that it shows, shows me is, is just, it's silly because, um, even from there, there are things that are, there's actionable things that you can do right off the bat with that. So one of the things that you might notice 
at least I did when Andrew and I were kind of talking uh, before this, is that there's not going to be a complete copacetic, like, like when you look at your Google analytics and you look at your Facebook analytics, the numbers are not going to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we don't know exactly why, or maybe you do know why, but they're, they're not, they're different. And have you found this to be the the case with other clients that you're working with or is it just me? Okay. Yeah, there's definitely there. Some of the numbers are slightly different in terms of the number of users that and how Google is defining a user uh, versus and like a session versus how Facebook is defining that too. Um, and Facebook's as well is there's there's a percentage of it that's sampling some data, um, which you pointed out, Mike, which I think is important to say. Right. Um, so there is a there is a small discrepancy, but for the most part, the numbers should line up. Facebook Analytics seems to actually put a heavier, I would say, focus on the unique user being a, a very important number um, of, of looking at kind of the dashboards you'll see within Facebook analytics. Unique is a very important thing. I think that's worth talking about because Facebook knows um, who you are. And um, and I think they even know who you are when you log out, if I'm not mistaken. So they kind of know who you are across all of your devices where I don't know if that's always the case with Google. And I think that Google might calculate unique users based on, you know, IP addresses, you know, being new um, or devices or whatever. So there, it, it is still a mad science, but I think Facebook is pretty sophisticated at knowing who you are across all the different devices you might be using, right? Like your television, your iPad, your whatever, you know, if you're logged into Facebook and it might be true about Google as well. But, um, but yeah, it, it, there was a discrepancy, which kind of shocked me, but I think once you get past that, um, you know, and don't worry so much about the total aggregate number of things being different, then you can get into the sexy stuff, which I want you to go ahead and talk about Andrew. Yeah, definitely. So, so, you know, once you've looked at this overview dashboard, I think it's really fun. The next one that I love to look at right away is funnels. Um, and what, and funnels is on the left navigation, uh, under the activity menu of analytics, if you're kind of following along on this and what funnels allows you to do is it allows you to build basically visualized paths within your sales cycle to see how different parts of your funnel relate to one another. Um, so, you know, one of the personal favorites of mine that I love setting up right away is looking at page view, add to cart, and then purchase within a within basically like a 60 or a 90 day window. Um, and so you'll see when you go to funnels, what you're able to look at is it says create a funnel. There's a button that says create a funnel. And you can create a funnel um, and then you're able to select uh, each of these different events that you might want. So it says add a funnel step. So and you'll see that drop down. It says things like conversations, um, you know, messages sent, uh, page views, post reactions, add to carts. You know, it's showing all of the things that you've connected into your ESG. Um, and, you know, how you can, you may say that's cool, that's neat, Andrew, but like, what it was, what does it matter? <laughs> like, like, I can see these percentages, you know, um, and what can I do with it? Uh, so, you know, some potential solutions for this are some things that you could like think about, right? Maybe I want to improve the percentage of people that view a page and then add something to a cart. You know, you could try launching an improved offer um, on the ad via the conversion objective, right? You could make that offer a little bit more enticing and see if you can make that a little bit better in terms of that conversion rate. Um, you could launch a page post engagement objective towards previous page views who didn't add to cart. 
uh, trying to get more people to add to cart, right? Um, so that's initially some of the you can, you kind of see where I'm going with this, right? You could you can use ads to try to improve that funnel to see if you can make those numbers go up and basically get more people to add something to their cart. Does it display it kind of? I don't know if you're familiar with how Google Analytics does it, but I would imagine it's just showing like how each step of the process, the, it's, is it percentages or is it, ag, ag, I mean, what is it like, like if I had 10,000 people start at the top of the funnel, is it showing the drop off through each stage? <laughs> and if it, is. It, if it is, then you could say, all right, well, it looks like we're losing a lot of people on the sales page or whatever that landing page is. Maybe we need to tweak that page a little bit. Right. Um, or, there's a lot of people dropping off once it gets into cart. Maybe we need to work on a link to some commonly asked questions yeah, or a live support totally. agent. That's the kind of stuff you could do, it's, right? Exactly right. You're think you're connecting the dots in this perfectly. I mean, it gives you things like the overall conversion rate of that, um, whatever you're looking at, uh, and you it gives you the median completion time of that. So how long does it take, right? I had a client that actually, interestingly enough, their median completion time was 21 days. Well, that's a ton because they have a very high dollar product. Mm. So when a client was looking at their ads and saying, you know, in a seven day window, this just isn't working. Well, of course they're not because the average completion time, (laughs) the median completion time is is long. You know, I have another client, their median completion time is an hour. Well, that's huge. That means that when people are on there, they're coming to buy that we've already done a job of convincing them they're coming to buy right in that particular funnel that we're looking at between the add to cart and the purchase. Right. So they're, they're kind of look, what does that look like is, is important. And then it's obviously, it'll show you how many unique people are in the funnel. It'll show you the page views or excuse me, it'll show you whatever events you're looking at Then it'll show you conversion rate, event per person, uh, how much money it's worth, value, if your revenue is tied into your Facebook pixel, which many of you have. Uh, and then it also one thing that I really find interesting is it actually starts to pull in the completion time for each step, looking at your top percentage of users. So it looks at your top 25% of users, your top 50 and 75%. And you get an idea of, okay, of my best customers or best new customers, how quickly did they did do this? Here's an example from a client that took a screenshot right before the call. One, basically, their top 75% of people, so basically almost everybody except for the worst quarter, uh, their median completion time for this is 2.4 days. Now, the absolute best customers, those top 25% of users, those people do it in 18 minutes. Hmm, so, you know, it's like, that's really interesting. So what can I do to make that go quicker? Right. And what are the options you have in something like that? So that's kind of some, that's kind of funnels for one of the cool, cool ones right off the bat. I've got a thought slash question. Um, If we don't have our events set up properly, I don't know, even know what they call them on Facebook. um, That could be a problem, I would imagine. Right. Don't we have to code the pages appropriately? And if so, any tips on that? Definitely, definitely. So if you um, if you don't have events customized with the Facebook Pixel, um, it's definitely going to be necessary. And even if you don't have an e-commerce site, getting an understanding of maybe when somebody comes to your site and they submit a lead, or and you want to customize the lead function, or maybe they submit um, something like they complete a registration, and you want to be able to know what that is, um, you you know you can do that and customize it on your site. From the default, Facebook has the page view, so you be able to look at page view data, but if you want to look at secondary or third parts of that event, you want to customize those. And the easiest way to do that, to be honest, is within actually the Facebook pixel area um, where you've 
took the pixel initially to install it. Within that, within Facebook, which is, you know, if you go to the top nav, it's under measure and report under the events manager. You can go into the pixels area. And if you're in there, uh, you're able to actually look at the pixel event customization and you can send that on to your developer uh, or you can uh, read that information and you can a pixel can fire on the completion of a page uh, refreshing it can fire on a button click um, that's called an inline event and you can google any of this stuff too and it'll pop up ironically enough you can google it and it'll take you into facebook uh, help to give you really like step-by-step instructions on it um, but what are the ki- what know, are the core events that people typically track the core events mostly uh, are things like, you know, if you're, let's say you're uh, B2C, it's going to be something like page view, initiate checkout, add to cart, and a purchase. Those are going to be the most common ones that people have. Um, now, other people uh, that are maybe more B2B, maybe they'll have a lead event customized or, yeah, that complete registration. Um, or maybe they want to customize when somebody searches on their site. Mm. Uh, they, you know, so you can, you can do that. Uh, so how many people come to your site, search for something, and then get an answer, right? Um, and, and then become an add to cart or something else, right? You, so those are the typical ones. And of course, you can create custom conversions too. Um, unfortunately, with custom conversions, they don't display in Facebook Analytics right now. So you really need to make sure that most of them are on the standard events at this point in time. And for those that are pretty techy, uh, Google Tag Manager is a really, really good resource to allow these things to fire just on specific pages or activities without having to go and have a techie do it. I'm pretty sure if you go to our site, we've got stuff on Google Tag Manager. I don't know if you've ever written anything on it, but I don't think Facebook has an equivalent tool at this juncture, do they? That allows you to just fire it on specific pages and activities or do they? They can. It's not. It's not as easy as using Google Tag Manager, right? Because it's such a great aggregator. So, right. um, but there's easy ways that you can definitely figure that out. So, yeah. Cool. All right. So so far we've talked about the data that's in the dashboard. We've talked about funnels. Yeah. What else? So another one, right, is competition increases on direct response um, within Facebook, with wherever you live in the world. I mean, clearly the Facebook newsfeed is becoming more competitive and, and, and competition is rising. And sometimes that means your cost per acquisition or your cost per lead is rising, right? So one of the challenges with that is you may want or your agency that you're working with may want what we call like more room in that CPA. So the cost per acquisition, um, where if you have a $75 product and you want somebody to purchase that product for X number of dollars, um, let's say $20, right? That's becoming a harder economic angle to look at. And one of the biggest areas that Facebook advertisers miss out on is actually targeting to people that have already bought from you, Mm. right? What I call loyalty, right? I mean, because they love you. They already bought your stuff, right? And, And clearly you sell a great product. And so they're probably really happy with you. And so you can advertise to those Facebook fans. You can advertise to your previous purchasers or maybe even your email list. And that's a great way to raise your lifetime value or your LTV. And Facebook analytics allows you to look at lifetime value, actually. Um, and, you know, it's it's so cool because you can actually pull it in and you can say, okay, the when the customer bought this, um, you, you know, the average order was, let's say, $40. But 
then if I pull the time window out, you can choose whichever dates you want to look at. But if you pull it out to 90 days, you're able to see, okay, $40 average order value. But by targeting my previous customers, my email list, I was actually able to turn my previous customers into another $30. And now my lifetime value is $75, right? And so that is something that so how does I it provide that? Does it just give you like a single number over a date time or how does it, what, what exactly is it giving you? Yeah. So it gives you a couple different things. It gives you a graph that actually shows you um, the kind of how lifetime value has changed over time of a certain cohort of users, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're able to look at it week by week. You're also able to look at the average and you're able to look at this thing called weighted average, which obviously for statistic nerds is, is basically looking at and weighting the number of people in the cohort with the amount of conversion there. And so um, in the weighted average, that's the one that I tend to look at because I think it's the most statistically accurate. Um, and so it gives you an idea on the weighted average of, of what that how the number has changed. Um, and then below that, it gives you this data in a graph color coded to the weeks that were the most valuable. So I'm able to see in this particular client, again, in the screenshot I pulled out here, that for this client, the week of June 11th through the 18th was a much more valuable uh, group than the week I targeted after. <laughs> so I know, I mean, maybe there was a sale going on or something. I'd have to look back that I, we did, but, um, you're able to see how those groups kind of change over time and become more valuable. Uh, and then you're able to look at, of course, that weighted average of all of them over time. So uh, let me pause you for a second. So, mm-hmm. so if we're looking at groups, um, we're talking like Facebook fans, we're talking about Website visitors, I mean, what are we talking about? What kind of groups are we talking about? So it's a great question. So basically, these are users that are any tied into anywhere in your event source group. So if you're looking at your pixel, it's just the pixel data. If you're looking at the pixel and the fans um, right together, excuse me, your page is connected, then it's going to look at those together and it and it it's, looks at them as users. Um, so you're able to to look at them basically as users that are are within that grouping. Um, so that's, yeah, it, it's basically... And what do you do with that data? Because, I mean, depending on who's listening, some people might have, like we do, you know, an accounting department and they calculate what the actual lifetime value of a customer is, um, you know, based on the actual data that we have inside of our financial systems versus what Facebook is telling us. It sounds like Facebook's telling us where they came from. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. So basically that's exactly right. Facebook is, is telling us, you know, it's telling us not necessarily, it's actually kind of confusing. Facebook's telling us basically of the people that interacted with you during this week, these are how they developed over time. Um, and you can look at it with within the graph of all users or paying users. So you're able to look at the cumulative value per user of, you know, Everybody that's come to interact with any of your properties, if that's your page or your pixel, or your paying customers, which it's going to measure then only those that converted um, or bought something. Um, and you're able to see how they developed over time. Interesting. Now, in my case, I don't know how Facebook knew it, but it brought in revenue. I mean, I just turned the thing on and boom, it was pretty accurate. It knew exactly how much people were paying, at least in aggregate, you know? So obviously it's monitoring something, <laughs> you know, and, and it, I, I, 
I guess you and I were talking, that's generally the case with a lot of the people, right? I mean, like you don't have, I didn't have to integrate anything. It just knew, you know, how much revenue uh, was being brought in somehow. Um, any insight into that? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is you have to customize that within your pixel. A lot of people that are e-commerce advertisers use Shopify and it'll automatically do that in Shopify actually. Hmm. So so somebody on my team must have done something like that somewhere with the system yeah, we're so using. Somebody must have customized it and you're able to look at it. But I would say if you don't currently look at that actual financial data, and it should be said, and we should have said it earlier, no, this is all anonymized. I don't know who right. these people are. You know, I, I just see it as an anonymous data set. Um, but the financial data is really, really, really cool and important because Many times you're if in, you know you're running a Facebook ad and you'll say, all right, my my CPA or my cost per acquisition has gone up. But what you don't realize is that that person might have it might not have been a forty dollar order. It might have been a four hundred dollar order. And now that that ad set is much has much more life than you thought, right? So that's something that um, that you want to be able to customize because you want to be able to turn around to your clients and say look, for every dollar you spent, we made you $5 back, right? Um, and that's that's a crucial part of, of what Facebook Analytics starts to tell you too through use, through lifetime value. You know, you're saying, look, you, I know that it says uh, in the month of May that we spent $10,000 and we made $30,000. Uh, however, in the same t- period of time, looking at May customers, you can see that their lifetime value, we took them from $150 lifetime value to $180, by just targeting that previous purchaser again, right? So, so it starts to give you an idea of really like how you can think about your customer over time and, and developing them. Do you have any insight in, as to how Facebook attributes, uh, you know, activity to? I mean, like, how does it determine? You know, in the case of Google, it's last action attribution. Um, in the case of Facebook, I think we, I think it's different. But how do they actually decide? whether or not to attribute a conversion to the Facebook activities that you do? Well, the Facebook, uh, you know, default attribution model is a 28 day click one day view. Um, and so what does that mean? Basically that means that people, if you click on an ad and up to 28 days later, if you go and buy something, um, go back to that website and you buy something, um, it will count that, uh, uh, so that's know, almost as, like, as a, that's a, yeah. that's a crazy long period of time, isn't it? Um, yeah, but see, here's the thing. Okay. So there's a whole other podcast we could do on attribution, but here's the thing. Facebook lives in this very unique situation because you have Facebook and Instagram, both owned by Facebook, which are both measured based on your, on the Facebook pixel. Okay. So the common, the common story that we all know happens because we do this, but then as marketers, we're like, Oh, does that happen? You know, it's, it's less common that people see something, click on it and go and buy it. Right. Right. Like that's not, that's not our game. And so for us, it's a measure, it's a matter of a customer sees something on Instagram that looks cool. They click on it. They think about it. They see an ad on Facebook of maybe of it looking cooler. Maybe they're you know, somebody talking about it, then maybe they think about it. And then maybe seven days later, they go online. They're like, you know what? I'm home. I'm, I'm going to buy that on my desktop. Right. Mm. And so that's the journey that a lot of people are taking. So, you know, you can develop, of course, your own attribution models. And while, while 
you're looking at the 28 day, a lot of people are looking really in that seven day because you're measuring within a seven. I mean, you're looking at it every week, right? You're like, how did I do this week? How am right. I doing this week versus last week, et cetera? So while it measures in a 28 day, you're also looking at a seven day. But I think that's important to show and important for advertisers to show your worth of saying like, yeah, this is how it's working and kind of these are how these galaxies connect. And that's what Facebook analytics starts to do in many cases for me, which I really, really like. Do you know if they have the equivalent of a view through conversion like Google does, meaning they saw the ad, they didn't click on the ad, but they ended up buying? Yes. That's within a one day is how they measure it. So within a one day view. Yes. Got it. And that all counts as a conversion. Is that correct? That's correct. That's Got correct. It. And in Facebook Analytics, it's going to measure off of you know these these windows as well. So. Got it. All right. Some of the cool stuff that you can do is dashboards. Um, I would love you to talk about like what you can do because sure. anybody who's familiar with Google Analytics knows you can create really cool saved reports and dashboards, um, which you can share with other people. And it sounds like Facebook has something similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all, there's all these, you know, so funnels and lifetime value are two things that you can do. You can look at things like active users, you can look at revenue, you can look at retention, how many people are coming back, right, which is super important. How how, how good are we doing at keeping people around? You can look at things like breakdowns, etc. You can look at all this data within Facebook analytics. Um, and then what you can do is you can actually, once you create different graphs, and you're able to customize these graphs, you're able to then pin them to a dashboard. So you can then create a dashboard uh, that you can name. And from there, then you can actually share that dashboard um, with your client. So you can share it um, right now via a URL is the only way that you can share it, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, But clearly, they'll allow us to share people through our business manager and things like that soon, I'm guessing. Um, But that's what allows you to 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 kind of look at. So um, you're able to create these custom dashboards that then you can you can share and you can create charts even on the dashboard that are even more customized. So you can look at specific events and how they compare. You can look at uh, different cohorts of users. So how is a certain segment of users you know converting or how are they how's how are my page views doing right? Am I bringing more traffic in, less traffic, etc. Hmm. So you're able to to you know, slice and dice this data in a lot of ways. And I actually find it a little bit more intuitive than Google Analytics, to be honest. I know I'm a Facebook guy, so, you know, I'm biased. But, like, it's it's more intuitive to me of, like, oh, okay, I'm going to click here and then I'm going to go over here. And, oh, yeah, I, the metric I want to look at is I want to look at it within a certain, you know, kind of want to look at it, like, unique users or I want to look at it within, let's say, the value or the average value per fa- page view. You know, so you can... Once you pull out this data, then you can go even another like five levels and start to customize it even from there. Um, you can look at it within certain time windows and things like that. Cool. So that that customized dashboard is really a, a neat tool that I would definitely encourage you to check out if you haven't. My last question on the business, if you're in business manager and you create uh, your analytics account, mm-hmm. can all the other people that are in business manager also look at that or do they have to create their own? Is it kind of at a user level or is it the account level? Does that make sense? It totally does. So I just got done teaching, uh, reteaching a kind of revamped uh, business manager course for John Loomer last month. And so, you know, I'm, I'm all over business manager again. So here's what, here's how you can do this. So basically once you create that event source group, you can go to on the left nav of business settings within business manager. You're able to go under data sources and under there, there's a button that says event source groups and you can actually add people 
to your event source group. Ah, I see. So it's kind yep. of an asset that yep. you can invite people to or whatever. That's right? exactly right. Yep, that's exactly And then when the they go to analytics.facebook.com, they will see that data populated in there once they've been granted permission. Is that right? That's exactly right. So once once they're granted permission, they'll they're they should be able to see it under there um, and they would be able to to pull it up since they have access. Awesome. Well, folks, I know that this is kind of hard to visualize in audio form because we're talking about stuff that's normally your eyes are looking at, <laughs> you know, the charts and all that kind of crazy stuff that come with analytics. Um, but I want to say thank you, first of all, Andrew, for sharing all your, your insights with us because I'm a total rookie, as I would imagine so many of my listeners are, about Facebook analytics. I would love for you to tell people where they can discover your, your podcast and everything else that you've got going on. Yeah, definitely. So you can check me out at foxholdigital.com, um, which is our website uh, for my wife and I's little agency that we have. Uh, and then if you're interested in you're an e-commerce advertiser, you can check out ecommerceinfluence.com is our podcast or subscribe on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, we we do a lot of discussions with founders and e-commerce consultants and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I think you'll really like that and check that out if you, if you are you know, even if you're not, you probably would find interest in it. We talk a lot about Facebook, talk a lot about email, and basically how to make your store more profitable. So they can just search for e-commerce influence in whatever podcast app and they'll find it? Exactly. Right? Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's podcast interview. If there's anything we mentioned and you missed it, don't worry. We take the notes. You can find them at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 313. And by the way, Next week, it's just me. I'll be sharing insights from six years of podcasting as we celebrate our sixth anniversary. Also, never miss a future episode. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. And this brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.